I'd like to welcome onto the show Dr. Andrew Buzari. He is Director of Social Medicine and Population Health at the University Health Network. I believe this is the first time we've spoken, Doctor. Good to have you on. Yeah, Kelly. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. So I wanted to ask a couple of questions about rapid tests. First of all, we know that uh, they have been uh, going online and being sold for inflated prices after they ran out at the LCBO on the weekend. 200,000 free kits gone within one day of distribution. I was out on Saturday, and I think we went to about, before they opened, about three different LCBOs just to take a look and do some research to see if they had rapid tests and not a one. They had no idea what was going on. And then about 10 o'clock, they announced, no, we're not getting any more. And these kits have started popping up for sale online on Craigslist and TikTok for inflated prices all the way up to 100 bucks. I would imagine as we get closer to Christmas, it's going to be even more. Um, how important are these rapid tests throughout the holiday season? Yeah, you know, Kelly, it's it's really, it's disappointing. It's disheartening. You know, I think when you look at just again, that this, you know, if we, we take a, a, a deep breath on Monday morning, as I know that there's a lot of, you know, panic out there. There's a lot of, you know, this feeling of chaos as everyone, as you mentioned, is trying to get their booster. People, you and your family, you know, desperately looking for rapid antigen tests over the weekend. You know, this, this isn't March 2020 um, because we have uh, certain tools in the, in the pandemic box to help people be safer this this holiday season and hopefully, you know, have more meaningful connection over the holidays as I know everyone is really looking forward to it. So, you know, to answer your question, I think the rapid antigen tests are an important tool uh, for people uh, to be able uh, to stay safe, to be able to check, especially for people who are working in high-risk settings uh, and especially for people to check if, you know, they're contagious or not. Uh, there's hopefully trying to see, you know, a family member who's, who's also vaccinated um, you know, these, these are really important tools. And I think when we look at the way that they've been distributed, you know, it's, it's been mayhem. And it's really hard to see and watch, especially when we know that, you know, COVID has not been impacting everyone the same way in terms of which neighborhoods have higher COVID positivity rates and risks. And we've seen sort of, you know, this, this move and this drop uh, of, of rapid antigen tests where, you know, people seemingly, whoever could afford to be out there and wait, were able sure. to receive the tests. And it's unfortunate to see that, you know, people are looking to profit or sell these tests that they receive for free. And this is not a, you know, a sneaker drop of where you're looking for people to have lineups and drive up scarcity. This is really about important public health measures that, you know, the public deserves to have as people are trying to do their best to stay safe for the holidays. I really was out just looking and, and doing, you know, it was more about the research to find out the hoops that people had to jump through because I really wanted to know how inaccessible yeah. these tests are. And I think that that is key. They are really inaccessible. I mean, driving around yeah. Mississauga looking for tests, I thought there's no way most people could do this. There's no way they'd have the time. There's no way that, you know, gas money, there's, you know, uh, so many different um, hoops to jump over. But I, the inequity is mind-boggling because these could have been sent out to everybody via where you know um, the list of uh, tax returns. You know, we all file tax returns. Couldn't they have just mailed out these tests? Seemed like there would have been an easier way than making people try and uh, jump through hoops to get them. Absolutely, and I mean, again, I think the the hoop jumping is hard on everyone and on on all families. But as you mentioned, 
you know, Kelly, it's, it's even harder for those who don't have, you know, cars, aren't able to go access or be able to head to a number of different spots. As, you know, it seems like many of the LCBOs either didn't have them or weren't aware, you know, when they were going to have them. And that causes, mm-hmm. again, so much more, you know, discord and, and an already really frustrating for time for people. It's, we're all frustrated, you know, in the sense of wanting to see the shift to a different stage of the pandemic and with this really rapid and startling rise of Omicron. It's something where, you know, people are wanting to do the best to keep them and their families safe. So I think, you know, there's definitely different options, like you mentioned, that I think, you know, a mailing option is something that's been called for for a little while now about using Canada Post or other mailing options to get out to people. But, you know, it's also, again, about, you know, why not leveraging some of the organizations that have already done some really great work during the pandemic, like community health centers, who've got community ambassadors and been doing some really great work across the city and the province of getting people access to the vaccine. So I think the really challenging part, Kelly, as well, is that we've got learnings to this over the last 18 months. And with the rollout of the rapid antigen test, it just looks like there was not, you know, that kind of learning hardwired into the rollout. We saw this early on with the PCR testing. We saw this early on with the vaccine rollout about who could access it and the obstacles and barriers that were there. And again, really in the most disheartening way, we're seeing this play out for so many stories of families trying to get access to the rapid antigen test. And it's, as you mentioned, you know, a sort of Hunger Games mentality. And it's just so hard to watch. It's uh, improper planning on the on the part of the province, in my opinion. It's, you know, you've had a lot of time. You knew that you had these tests. Uh, you knew that they would be useful, especially as we head into the Christmas season. I mean, this was a time where everybody was looking forward to getting back to normal. Give them all the tools they that are at your fingertips in order to do this. Now, um, I'm hearing that with booster shots, it takes weeks for the antibodies to build up. So even the people that are out getting their third doses now, it doesn't mean you're going to be protected for the holiday gatherings. What's your recommendation over the holiday season? You know, it's, it's a, it's a tough one, as, as you mentioned, you know, Kelly, in terms of everyone having, you know, some different risks and of course people having their own, you know, individual contacts. So, you know, there's an important point there, but, you know, this is also something that we were reminding people of over the weekend is that, you're absolutely right. It does take one to two weeks, uh, two weeks for, for most folks to develop the antibody response and the, the, the added layer of protection with the third dose. Um, and again, I think that it's it's hard because, you know, the recommendations that we make really are, you know, hinging on the fact that people need to have these tools. But I think, you know, where people are, you know, have their third vaccine, are able to use a rapid antigen test, uh, can keep, you know, their social circle very small or to their family and very close friends. You know, I think that the recommendations have been to have, you know, parties of less than 10. You know, I know people need to feel that they can see their loved ones. I mean, it's been a very long and hard stretch. Um, but I think the, the best things that people can do right now, and again, this is hard to give the advice. We know the reality on the ground is that everyone's trying to get a, a third dose or booster. Everyone's trying to get a rapid antigen test. Uh, so I never like, you know, giving sort of advice that's totally disconnected from the reality on the ground. But if people have been able to or are able to soon, I think one of the best things people can do is get the third dose. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have access to the rapid antigen test, either through work or other means, or they've been able to afford them, um, you know, to be able to use the rapid antigen test before seeing 
uh, folks. And again, that hopefully that if it is they're seeing a, a grandparent or someone who's elderly, um, ensuring that they're, they've gotten their third dose as well. Um, but it is a great point that people need to continue with the vigilance both before the full layer kicks in with the third dose and throughout, because again, you know, the, the vaccines have been, you know, incredible in helping disconnect the cases from really severe outcomes like hospitalizations and deaths. Uh, but yeah. there can be breakthrough cases. That does not mean that they're not working, but this can happen with vaccines that provide a re- not, no intervention is perfect but it can provide a really important and significant layer of protection. I want to punctuate what you're saying with a warning from the CEO of BioNTech, Pfizer, yeah. who, you know, of all people, he's the CEO. He wants Pfizer to do well, doesn't want shares to drop. He said we must be aware that he said this today, that even triple vaccinated are likely tra- to transmit the disease. It's obvious we are far from the 95 percent effectiveness that we obtained against the initial virus. And he said that uh, he said it to uh, a French daily Le Monde today in an interview, but he said the latest research from South Africa where, where Omicron was first reported suggests that two doses of Pfizer offered 70 percent effectiveness in reducing the risk of hospitalization. So as you say, it even if you have that third uh, booster, which will protect you to some extent, you can still spread it. And what we need to punctuate is you're still at risk. You need to um, make sure you are properly distancing, you know, minimizing your contacts and keep and making sure you mask appropriately because it's not 100% effective. It will keep you hopefully away from the hospital and, you know, keep, but you have to keep yourself safe and you have to really, um, throughout this pandemic, one thing I've learned is you have to plan ahead. And so whenever people just, you know, do the big exhale, and I understand you need to do it for anxiety's sake, and for mental health, it seems like they just go, okay, well, it's done. Well, you still have to plan in the background. Like, how important are those N95 masks and better masks right now? Yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate the punctuation of the point. You know, I, I mean, I, I find it hard when, you know, CEOs weigh into the messaging the way that they have been at such a, a level. I mean, it's it's just that, you know, it's I feel for people because there's so many conflicting messages out there. Yeah. Um, and so I think just, you know, first point on that, but I, you know, I appreciate the punctuation. I think that it's really important that people, you know, continue to stay vigilant. You said to stay safe, but I'm also, you know, part of the, the, the challenge that I'm seeing with some of the messaging Kelly is that, you know, it's almost like a defeatist message for some folks that have been out there sort of saying, well, you know, you've got two doses. It doesn't really matter. You need a third. You have no protection now. And, you know, that, that's in many ways not true. And mm-hmm. it's not to take away the importance of going to get a third dose. Again, I would stress that it's one of the best things that any yeah. listener can do over the next stretch is to get their third dose. Um, but it shouldn't add to people sort of saying, well, you know, we went out to get a first, we went out, we got our second. And now people are telling us that doesn't even mean a thing. And and that's not true. You know, I think it's it's meant a lot. I think it's meant a lot through uh, this the previous waves with uh, Delta. Um, it's just not as effective from the science that we're seeing with Omicron. And so that's why there's an urgency for people to go at the third dose. But people who've gone and, and stepped out to get vaccinated, you know, I think we have to continue to send the message of the gratitude because that's people, you know, taking that step out to do that. And I, I think hopefully we can build on some of that momentum into the holidays and people can feel, you know, reassured about the 
good decisions that they've made for their for their own health and for broader public health. On masks, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, just on masks. I think you raised a great point. You know, getting people. Um, you know, the, the, the guidelines have changed, and I think people need to have higher quality masks uh, in terms of whether it's an N95 or K95. And my hope is that, you know, more employers are able to make them available. And again, we talked about this sort of mailing idea. We've seen this in some other jurisdictions. You know, I would love to see both a rapid antigen test and a high quality mask mailed out to people because, again, yeah. there's cost with that. And I hope people can get access to the things to help keep them safe uh, throughout the holidays into into 2022. For sure. And that's the job of government at this point in time. It is our money. Let's use it effectively. Let's use it to, um, you know, try and stop the spread of, of COVID-19 and this Omicron. And, uh, you know, I think that would be a great idea. The masks, the um the the testing do you are you advocating here or are you recommending that people that have cloth masks as i hear they're just not cutting it the same way anymore start to double up yeah i mean i think the more that you can get a tighter seal is is a really important thing to do i mean i think again when there was not an availability of certain masks you know using cloth masks or different ways to cover up you know were imported and encouraged i think given that there is more supply of high quality masks um, and again, where that there's a, a real tighter seal, especially with how transmissible Omicron is. I think there's a real uh, suggestion and revisions again for some of the guidelines, just knowing that COVID is airborne, uh, and and masking is is so important, and people having access to a high quality mask uh, is going to be a really important part uh, of the toolkit going into the holidays. Dr. Bruzari, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure meeting you, and uh, I look forward to uh, having the opportunity to talk to you again throughout the uh, the holidays, because we probably will be. Yeah, thanks so much, Kelly. Hope Have everyone stays day. safe. Cheers. Thanks. All right, Andrew uh, Bazzari is, uh, of course, Dr. Bazzari. Let's get it right. Uh, Director of Social Medicine and Population Health at the University Health Network.